Welcome all, and thank you for tuning in to the Bad Hombres FC podcast, where we focus on pro soccer in the DMV and across the U.S. This is Jose Omanya from the Sports Post, and joining me as always, Mara Maya from Table Latino. Mara, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. You know, uh, getting ready for All-Star. It's coming up yeah. real soon. Yeah, <laughs> really, really soon. Uh, we won't get into that this week, as again, like Mara mentioned, that will be coming up in the following week but we'll focus more on what happened the past couple of days with one of the teams participating in all-star weekend which is dc united and their match most recently against inter miami a 2-2 draw with a stadium promoted as a sellout not over 19,000 uh entered audi field for the match united I mean, what's there to say? Even without Leo Messi, who people wish was there, both teams combined for four goals in 18 minutes, and United had to use two comebacks in order to get the draw against the league's second worst team. After the game, had Wayne Rooney discuss how he felt DC was the better team at the end of the day. I felt we were the better team. We created the best chances and. Sometimes that's how it goes, but yeah, no disappointment. But I think that will be an important point for us coming the end of the season. So I'm pleased that we didn't let our heads drop and, and we kept going and, and got something out of the game. Meanwhile, you had DP Christian Beteke saying he believed that this was a loss for the way the team performed. Uh, to be honest, it, it feels like um, we we lost tonight because I think we could have uh, get the, those three points. But obviously, this league. That's why I'm learning every week. It's you never know, you never know, and you have to be focused from the first until the 95th. And um, I think the the positive thing we took what point. That's what I can say. Now we move on against New England, and it's gonna be tough. But I guess everything is possible in this league. Mario, are you with Benteke and Wayne in how this result should have been a victory for United? Or are you also having the feeling that this was a lost opportunity? I'm more on the feeling of this was a lost opportunity because you've got to remember, Inter-Miami's dead last in the Eastern Conference. They're the worst team in the conference. But you know what? Inter-Miami put up some fight. I think DC United was the better team for 90 minutes. Uh, But again, one thing that rears its ugly head from time to time for DC United is the finishing in the final third. It was not there, Uh, especially in the first half where they were clearly the better team and clearly created the better opportunities. And Dino Hart thought he had scored his first goal of the season, but it was called offside because Derek Williams, I want to say, uh, deflected the ball towards his direction. Other than that, I think Christian Benteke, for his part, he played a really solid game. And he had several good looks in front of goal. In particular, in the end, he had three clear opportunities. One in the 87th minute to put the game away where he pretty much chests the ball, hits a mean volley, but Drake Callender was able to save it. He also missed a one-on-one with Drake Callender. And then he had one more look in the 90th minute where he heads the ball, but the ball just scurries wide. But... Yeah, the think the the sentiment is there. It's it's a lost opportunity because this was not only a game where it was kind of easily won 
could have been easily won because you're facing one of the worst teams in the league. And I'm not saying that in a disrespectful manner. It it is what it is. But also, you had a you had a near sellout. Like there there it was a nearly packed house at Audi Field. And I think with with the support there, the te- the support was great by the way because they were behind the team for 90 minutes. It, it was just a squandered opportunity. You had the that kind of that perfect storm uh, to pretty much walk away with three points, but. Shout out to Miami for not giving up either. They were they came in to play their own game, and they walked away with a draw. So, yeah, it is a lost opportunity, all, all things considering, that happened throughout the, ga- throughout the game. It's a lost opportunity, yes. There's no doubt about it, especially you're coming off of a 4th of July weekend where you got three points on the road. Against Dallas, uh, Taxi Funtas gets the goal um, to secure the win for United in a result that not many would have said would have been in the cards for United uh, to start the season, depending on who was playing. But now you're in a situation where this will be a third straight game coming up where someone will not play due to the yellow card accumulation. We had Click not play the, today uh, against Miami. Now you're going to have Donovan Pines not play uh, against New England. So I feel like there were so multiple factors where United could have to- ultimately taken advantage of it of uh, their situation. But I look at what Wayne said at the, it, right before the game uh, during media availabilities. Um, he said, you know, the, my thing is to improve performance at home. And golly willikers, like, doesn't this sound freaking familiar for those who listen to this podcast? Because I'd question this to the to the head coach of DC United back in May about their issues of performing well at home. And now here we are in July where they have winnable games. Now they got a tough game on the road in plastic New England before they go on the Leaks Cup break. And they're look. Say what you want about where they are on the table. They're eighth place. They're technically in the playoffs. But if this was the old structure, they're barely there, barely. So DC cannot afford losing more points at home. They just can't, and especially in a case where League's Cup is going to take a month of those opportunities away from them. The going to lose, and we'll get to it shortly about who they're planning to lose in the couple of weeks. But they're going to need to make some changes in order to see the second half of the season through into the uh, the original goal of the season, which was get in the playoffs. Wayne made it seem like it was a mission impossible, but could be done in the preseason. We've seen how they've performed. And I am just thoroughly disappointed in the way they attacked a Miami team that essentially two very hard work goals by teenagers from their academy system. And so and this is before they reshuffle the deck and add a pair of wheelchairs and and uh, and the elders, the oldest home that's coming in from Europe. Hey, it, may, it makes sense. You know, that elder, that new elderly home in Boca Raton is going to get three new illustrious citizens. 
Well, Messi's not even one of them. You know, he's he's somehow that working Cadillac. But the other two, I, I mean, they're they're older than old, and I wish them the best. But when you're getting two goals out of teenagers, after you mentioned before in the first half, Taxi Funtas had a shot in the eighth minute where he takes an early touch and he elects not to take another touch, take a shot. The shot was low. Drake Callender makes it easy save. You have Christian Bateke had a similar play. Take he takes his he takes too long with the dribble, takes an extra touch, and then he makes it easy for Drake Callender. So you never had a consistent threat that could make up for their attackers not scoring. And that goes back to what I said and what you've said. They lack an additional punch off the bench. They don't have that depth. And so when you have a game where none of your attackers are clicking, who is that? Who is coming in? Fletcher's not getting any minutes. So who is coming in? Roberta, God bless his soul, that it took 33 seconds for him to get in and get involved and score. But will that happen again in 33 seconds? Not really. Maybe a full 30? We'll see. It depends on the service. It depends on too many things. There is not another game-breaker coming off the bench. United needs to make a move soon. To Wait, make you don't consider Eric Hurtado a game-breaker? This ain't even me making jokes, man. No. I, I think that they need somebody else that, that doesn't mind coming off the bench and could provide a spark in the attack. And it's wild to me because, again, they play well at home. They just can't seem to finish when they're at home. And that's something that we've been saying this since the start of the season. It's it's something that need, that has to be addressed. And I don't feel like Rudy addressed it at all in the April, uh, in the April trade deadline and the April deadline at all. It doesn't seem like he continues to address it because Christian Benteke continues to play 90 minutes all the time. A man's going to get tired. Yes, I get it. Christian Benteke is the leading goal scorer of this club this season with eight goals, if I'm not mistaken. Taxi's right behind him with six. But outside of those two, what do you really have? There's not a lot of offensive firepower. Again, it's a rarity Nigel Roberta scored in this game in the first 33 seconds. Also, fun fact of the day, this is Nigel Roberta's first goal since July 4th of 2022 when he scored against Orlando. But there is, there is no firepower, and it's kind of strange that they still haven't addressed that. And I feel like you, not only do you have to address the firepower, we go to the starting lineup, they play Christian Dahomey as a wingback. Granted, Christian Dahlman played pretty well uh, off the off the left, but that's another that's another situation you got to address is the wingback situation because Pedro Santos and uh, and Jacob Green got hurt, so it, 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 you got to address the depth issue, you got to address the attacking issue, but you can't keep slipping, let these games slip at home. I know Yamil Assad post game said like this kid this point could help them in the long run, and he also said that throughout the game they were the better team. I don't think anybody would disagree with that. Yeah, the the point in this game could help you in the long run when it comes to the play to your playoff situation, but it doesn't help that it doesn't help that your your form at home. 
And that's probably one of the more concerning parts when it comes to this team this season has been their form at home. They play well. They just can't seem to get the right result. Well, let me clear up what you're saying. It doesn't help that you're losing points at home that can make improvements in your standings in, in your standing in the standings where you then can play more games at home that will play to your favor where yes if it's true we haven't gotten a full confirmation from MLS about this or if we did it's just like people are still weirded out by it they're playing a best of three series so whoever's the better team in the standings will get that that third game if necessary so if you're DC United, you obviously would want to play in a more comfortable situation. What's more comfortable than playing at home? So they obviously need to improve that. It hasn't improved um, since it was first mentioned in May. And now it's become a concern. Well, it, it's always been a concern. Like, I don't understand why it's now hitting Wayne that they should be performing better at home. But... I mean, it doesn't matter at this point. At this point, they're, they need to get more home results. And the first thing they need to do, honestly, is um, get this result against New England. It's going to be a tough task. And they're going to possibly going to have to do it in the uncomfortable position of it may be Lewis O'Brien's final match. As earlier in the week, Wayne Rooney confirmed in a media call that it will probably be more likely that he is not returning to DC United once his loan deal expires on July 16th. Uh, United had been trying to extend the loan. Nottingham Forest has received a few offers for him with other clubs, and they're also interested in trying to bring him back. And United has not met the price number that Nottingham Forest would want to get some return off of Lewis O'Brien um, staying at D.C. Um, Mario, what are your thoughts on Lewis O'Brien heading, what seems to be heading back to England, leaving a hole in the United's midfield? It's a blow. It's a blow because he's been an important part of of Wayne Rudy's uh, system and of the lineup since he, arri- since he arrived on loan. Uh, help me out here. Since April, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so it, it, it it's a blow because he's been important. He's been an important cog to this team and the and the success that they found so far this season. So it, it's going to be difficult to. Re- it's not going to be that difficult to replace Lewis O'Brien. You're going. It's going to be difficult to replace his work rate, of course. But you also have Chris Durkin as a viable solution, short term solution. Now, where uh, where Wayne or the front office want to go when it comes to Lewis O'Brien, to finding either a possible replacement for Lewis O'Brien, or if there's a miracle and they keep Lewis O'Brien or extend his loan offer, or extend his loan deal, then you kind of ha- you kind of wonder what direction they want to go. But it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough blow if they once they lose him, once the loan deal expires on. July 16th. Yeah, um, you know, he was even though he's only provided one goal, one assist, you know, the way he's played in in that uh 3 
for th- the 3-5-2 formation that's weirded by United and the way they set it up. It's really like a fourth. It's like a 3-4-3 three, three situation, but whatever. What he does is provide, you know, that vision. He's more of an eight. He provides that connection that DC United needs with the center backs in order to properly communicate to get so that, you know, those spaces are covered. So they can have a sweeper keeper come up, but he provides that uh, industrial play to connect with the center backs and the strikers. And he does that so well. He does the dirty work, but he's also a cog in the attack when necessary. And I think, you know, he's going to be sorely missed as well. The reality of the situation is whatever deals that Nottingham Forest have are better than whatever DC is providing right now. And to be honest, I mean, we remember talking to him back in, when he came in. He said, you know, this is to keep me um, ready for the, the Premier League season coming up. So, you know, that was his attitude from the beginning um, when he first got here, but he's been a professional. I think one fan put it best. This is why you don't fall in love with loan players because regardless of how good they are, at the end of the day, they're only there for a loan. So um, the Washington Post is reporting that uh, scouts are at the Gold Cup. Scouts are in Brazil, Uruguay, in search of multiple signings. Um, but they don't have a lot of money to work with. However, they, ha- they have to find another a left back. And they're going to need somebody to fill O'Brien's roster spot. I guess, randomly, um, Nigel Roberta is healthy now. <laughs> Funny how those injuries work. Um, yeah, Nigel Roberta, I guess, moves as the number two backup striker. Uh, I would think they should be able to go out there and maybe add another attacker, but that seems to be the priority right now is left back, left wing back and midfielder, central midfielder. As long as United replaces those players, we've had these this similar conversations and fans have had this similar conversations where a player leaves and they don't make a replacement. They have to make this replacement. They, 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 they just they have, have to. There's no choice in the matter. You have to have a replacement for Lewis O'Brien once his loan deal expires. So we'll we'll see what route they go. I, I'm I'm fascinated to see what what the scouting report uh, what scouting brings up, especially if you're doing scouting at the Gold Cup. I know there are several players that have performed pretty well throughout this tournament. So it, it's just going to be interesting to see who they bring up. Or, or how, how they plan to attack this moving forward. Exactly. And, you know, they're going to go play a, a New England team that in the past, going up to New England was always a struggle. And so DC is going in a situation where they're going to go play a New England side that recently just signed Ian Harks to help bolster their midfield. Uh, currently sitting in third place with 37 points. And so they're going to want to maintain that positive record. And at home, especially, New England has not lost 7-0-3. Seven, seven, oh, 
So United's coming in while they have good results on the road. Reality is they're going against one of the best when it comes to playing at home. So yeah, yeah and the previous and their previous two visits against teams that have really positive records at home, i.e. Cincinnati, who's currently first place in the Eastern Conference, and Nashville, who's second place in the Eastern Conference. Right. It, it hasn't really gone, it hasn't really boded well for DC United. So and again, New England is just one of those places where they have a horrible time playing in. And especially against a team whose strikers seem to always be at in form in the right time in Gustavo Bo and Carlos Hill. So this should be interesting how they plan to attack this. But maybe it'll be better for them against the third place team. Third time's a charm on these, you know. I, I just want them to get a result. I think it's more important for them to get a result. Uh, before this oh, this League's Cup situation where they're going to be, you know, more eyes are going to be on them than usual. I mean, this game was an example of what's going to happen in League's Cup, to be honest with you. I mean, we could talk about the scene against Miami real quick. There was just a sea of messy jerseys everywhere. He wasn't even playing. <laughs> he wasn't even playing. <laughs> Jorge Mas and, the, the, and his general manager. Chris Henderson were both there, uh, along with other leadership from Inter Miami. You had Tata Martino in one of the suites. No messy sighting, obviously, but clearly Miami's going through a project, and people are are ready for the biggest part of the project to come, which is uh, Argentinian uh, All Star Leo Messi. Not even an All Star per se, MLS, but he's one of the best players of all time, and I. I'm just, it was crazy to see all those jerseys. Like, really, the, Adidas hadn't even officially sold those yet, which is hilarious. Like, they just started, like, two days ago selling the Authentic with Messi properly on the back. It, mind you, we have not even gotten full 100% confirmation that he has signed the contract. So, it, it was it was an interesting sight to just see a lot of fans already with Messi gear or wearing their old-school Barcelona PSG, Argentina gear. It was all over the place. Yeah, look, I know he's one of the best of all time, but it was just, he wasn't even there. We all knew he wasn't going to be there. It was a sellout, allegedly. Like, it it was a sellout. People really thought he was going to be there. You know what the funny thing is? A lot of these ticket sales had to have come the day after or moments after they announced Messi coming to enter Miami. So it was Really interesting to see just the sea of messy jerseys. Just that whole vibe of one of the best players of all time is coming. He, We already knew beforehand he wasn't even going to show up in this game. Uh, if you check your Instagram, Leo Messi somewhere on the beach. Uh, I'm thinking Point Lookout or Sandy Point. I'm not sure where just yet. No, we don't have to make local jokes because that man's not in this hemisphere right now. That man is not here. He's not here. He he's not in D.C. He was, he's not here. Right. So it, it was just interesting to see how many people were actually here just to think, oh, we're going to have a Messi sighting. We already told you beforehand. He's a, His alleged start time. Is the League's Cup game against Cruz Azul in Fort Lauderdale on the 21st of July? We They haven't even signed on the dotted line yet. So we 
So really, you're going on a lot of allegations and a lot of hearsay at this point, thinking that Messi's going to be there. But I did see Tata Martino there last night, though. He was there. He was there with his entire coaching staff. So, like, the fit, the fanfare around it is, like, really bonkers. It's something that you haven't seen since when David Beckham was announced coming to the league. So there, there is that fanfare. I also saw a couple of Ronaldo jerseys on the stadium, by the way. So there, there's that. <laughs> he's not coming to United. <laughs> no, no, he's not. Uh, for may, as many rumors that there are out there, no, Cristiano Ronaldo's not coming to D.C. United. Um, yeah. But, no, it's interesting to see. And also the amount of Barcelona, old school Barcelona jerseys with Messi's number on it. I was like, ah, nostalgia. Yeah, I mean, but that was just the scene. Like, it's good to just go over and how, you know, like, the, the atmosphere and how everything was. Hopefully that remains the same as we go closer. Obviously, we the area is going to have a similar atmosphere in a couple of weeks as the MLS All-Star game heads to D.C. No, we do not know if Leo Messi plans to come. All signs indicate at the moment he will not attend the All-Star game, but you never know. You never know what kind of things change and what happens. But that is the current state of DC United and MLS at this time. Um, We quickly wrap up with what happened also later that evening, and that was the Washington Spirit who drew San Diego 2-2 following an equalizer in the 90th minute by Taylor Kornacki. Um, with a great header going past uh, Nicole Barhart for the tying goal for San Diego. Overall, I thought the Spirit, look, they were trying to get any result away from home in San Diego. I thought Nicole Barhart played her butt off. Remember, 41 years old, an NWSL original, uh, competed in the Beijing Olympics. She is old school. She played when it was gold with the uh, FC Gold Pride, and she came out and reminded everyone, "This is why I'm suing the league." With seven saves, all in the second half, to maintain the draw. Yes, the Spirit had the lead twice. First with Ashley Hatch in the first half with a penalty kick. Then after the game was tied, scoring real quick. Well, it, they won't give her the goal. It was a cross pattern that turned into a Cheyenne Short's own goal. But that last-second header um, sealed the fate. There were, and look, again, Bernhardt, to her credit, she made, and I started counting it after the 90th minute, she made, after the goal, the tying goal, she made one, two, three saves, including... Uh, stopping the 16-0 sensation. Uh, I think it's Barcena's um, shot right at the last second. Uh, I thought, despite the result, I got to give credit where credit is Zubar killed it against San Diego. Oh, yeah. I think Barhart was one of the reasons why the Spirit were still in the game for a good chunk of it, especially in the last 10, 15 minutes of that, where she makes the majority of her saves. 
I think San Diego, for the most part, they were the more dominant team. They're the ones that pretty much proposed the game early. Uh, they it kind of fell off a little bit once they once they actually had actually had scored off her, off her penalty kick, but they picked it up right where they left off, where they had a really dominant end of the first half, creating opportunities, and it leads to the short goal to at the start of the second half. I think the spirited spurts played well. But you kind of see that they still like miss those national team players or those players that are going to the World Cup. So they they kind of still miss it, miss those players out there, and a little bit just adding to like the the depth situation. It's not all the way there, but I think the Spear were able to manage and were, were able to walk away with a hard earned draw out of out of Spark out, out of San Diego. So it's good. I think Nicole, Bar- I think Nikki Barnhart pretty much demonstrated like I'm still here at 41 years old. I still got it. So I, I think all in all, I-, I think the Spirit did okay. But I, it's San Diego was the much more dominant team for for a good portion of the match. Well, it was. I, I have to think that the changes made in the second ending into second half because really helped Spirit scored that PK after uh, just a multitude of pressure that Ashley Hatch was pushing on the back line and the goalkeeper, which led to the penalty kick because they fouled her in the penalty area after she was able to poke away a loose ball from the goalkeeper, causing a foul um, in the penalty area. But um, overall, I, I thought that San Diego did a good job coming in the second half, limiting the pressure from Hatch limiting her time in possession, uh, limiting balls in the back, in the back three playing around uh, with the ball, and pushing the ball out of fear to Taylor Kornacki, um, giving her the ball. She's tall. Try to give her multiple opportunities. And Jalen Shaw, look, I don't know what it is since she did not get picked up here, whatever the contract situation was or whatever happened with NWSL where they could not get her to come here. That that teenager is a monster. And if you've not paid attention to NWSL, go watch Jalen Shaw, 18 years old. I have not seen an American women's soccer player run with power, run with power the way she runs. She was taking on defenders and making it look like easy work. It was wild. Just I haven't seen someone do this since Trinity Rodman. And I... I look at her and I go, look, I understand the Alice the Alice Thompson experiment. Totally agree with it. But Jalen Shaw is one for the future. I look at her and I look at like someone who can play in that and I'm not trying to compare, but like in that Killian Mbappe role where they can roam on the wing, but if you need to bite the bullet and you need a goal, put her at nine because she can strike. Like she almost scored an Olympic goal in the 49th minute and and then there was another one where she herself bought down a, a bouncing ball dribbled two times and then just took a strike luckily for the spirit it went over the post but she literally ran rough shot all over the spirit it was insane watching her play she did get tired towards the 80th but and she probably should have been subbed out in my opinion but her since all the international players in San Diego left. 
they this was the first test. This is the first game of her. They said, here, take the keys to the castle. And I got to give her credit. She played really, really well um, being the coordinator of attack. And I'm telling you, Spirit fans, you're gonna have, we're gonna always look back and go, why didn't she like with all that back and forth or why she could not play for the spirit? Every year we're gonna look in at her and go, what if she could have just started here and it would have been her and Rodman with Sanchez with Hatch, or do they trade Sanchez or whatever? But she's just a monster and. If you're a U.S. Women's National Team fan, you're trying to figure out what can we do to get her on the national team because, geez, she's so good. Right. So, yeah, you're going to have to figure that out, U.S. Women's National Team. How do you get Jaden Shaw to play for the red, white, and blue? You, you make, it, make it happen because that's the future right there. And if that's the future, if she's a future national team player, that the future's looking quite bright for her. Yeah, and so I, I thought, again, I thought they played well to get the result. Um, and and look, I, I just hope that the Spirit take this result. They head into a small break. They don't play again until July 22nd against the North Carolina Courage and Challenge Cup play. So they get a break from league play. They play two Challenge Cup matches um, in between. Uh, one against Carolina, who currently now sits atop of the NWSL standings. And then Gotham FC, who just defeated, before we went on the podcast here, just defeated the Portland Thorns. So Spirit, cut with the result, they drop a little bit to fifth place, but they're still in the playoff race. It's a sandwich because, yes, with the tie... North Carolina is now forced possession of first place with 26 points. But after that, it's a sandwich of between five teams and they're all two points within each other. North Carolina, Portland, Gotham, Oloraine, and Washington, all within two points of each other. They can trade first place every week for the next couple of weeks. But luckily, with the Challenge Cup play, it gives the spirit at least a minor distraction until their national teamers come back. Right. And then from here on out, once the national teamers come back, it's going to be a race to the finish. Exactly. One quick note uh, right before we went on the air, this drop from the Canadian national team, and that is Gabby Carl has been called up to the Canadian national team for the World Cup. Originally, we did not talk about it in this podcast, but originally, uh, Carl had penned a a piece saying that she had been told she wasn't going to be a part of the roster heading into the World Cup. She was not selected in the 25 preliminary roster, but because of a couple of injuries that have happened to the back line for Canada, Carl steps in and is now part of the national team. She was an alternate for the Tokyo Olympics. And she received her first cap at 16 years old. Since then, she's played 53 games for uh, Canada. And that makes seven spirit players that head to the World Cup. I think it's cool, but that's just another piece that the spirit is going to have to deal with. I think they're already using up 
all their <laughs> national team replacements. I saw Speck make Meyer play last night. Um, she's been in and out of the club as a replacement player, as a draft pick for two seasons now. And now an- <laughs> another player leaves. Um, I don't know how they're going to keep up with all the, <laughs> the missing players. It's, t- but- it's, t- it's time to figure it out. This is the point. You're going to have two challenge games. It's time to do some real mental gymnastics if you're uh, if you're Mark Parsons. They have made a couple of signings recently. Um, they signed a French defender, uh, Buller, for France. And then they added another striker who also from France. We don't know when they officially start, but if I'm the spirit, you try to get them in as soon as possible. If they should officially start on the 22nd when they play Carolina <laughs> the Challenge Cup. <laughs> like that. I, that should be their start date. <laughs> I mean, you would hope so. Um, we'll see. <laughs> I, mean, I don't want to be that person, but we'll see. Um, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> They're going to need more bodies is essentially what I'm saying. They're going to need more bodies. Um, it's, time to open luck- up that, it's time to open up that uh, that that checkbook, Michelle Kang. It's time to do it. Or hopefully you get some early eliminations. Maybe you get, you know, I'm not expecting France to be, I mean, France. I don't expect Canada to be upset uh, so soon, but you look at Shiva. Uh, could she come back quickly? And Riley, Tan- and Riley Tanner. Riley Tanner. Uh, I, I thought Stellano played well yesterday, but there were moments where she was in and out of the game. Um, so I have bringing back somebody like Shiva would help bring back a little bit of that offensive hump um, as the schedule starts winding down. Not even I'm not even thinking about yes, they want to win that grand. That that extra million, but I'm not even it's thinking it's now up of, to like 1.1 million now, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but I'm not even thinking of these Challenge Cup games. I'm more of thinking about the 19th of August. If you can get some rest after the World Cup, be ready for that first game of regular season play that comes back against Houston at Houston. That'd be great. And then once everybody's back and ready to go. That game on the 27th of August against Portland, you want to make sure you get at least half of your roster back, whoever left, um, because that's going to be a big game here in D.C. Well, let the shenanigans and the show begin. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah, and that will be enough for this show uh, here at the Battle Brings MC Podcast. So before we let you go, Mario, tell people where they can find out more about you. All right. If you want to know what I'm working on or you just want to see what my life looks like you can follow me on twitter at mario amaya one you can follow me on threads now yeah that's right i'm on threads at m underscore amaya 91 same as instagram m underscore amaya 91 you can follow if you want to know what's going on in the world around you or just want to know what's going on in the dmv you can follow el tiempo latino on twitter as well at el tiempo latino you can go on their website el tiempo latino.com and if you want to ensure you put money in my pocket so I can buy myself a Jordi Alba Inter Miami jersey, you could go get yourself a hard copy of El Tiempo Latino at your local metro station or new or newsstand today. Yep, and as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Jose underscore M underscore Mana for more. Special shout out as always to Cal McLeod and Patek for the intro music. Remember to rate and subscribe. 
on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, only for one more month on Stitcher. So if you haven't already, flip over to Spotify. Stitcher will be closing down. So shift over so you can never lose an episode of the Bad Hombres FC podcast on either Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or all your other audio platforms. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Bad Hombres FC podcast, and we will talk to you soon. Adios. Adios.